1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If you indeed, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones, are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I've been regularly hiking Columbia Hill Cemetery for the past month. And something that trips me up every single time, every single time, I mean every single time, I know it's going to happen at least once on the trip, is either I'm halfway up or halfway down and I get a rock stuck in my shoe. Has that ever happened to you? Get a rock just, and, and just right in the bottom of your foot too, right there underneath your foot and you can feel it and it's, it's just a little tiny pebble but it feels like it's a huge stone like right in your shoe and you're like shaking it trying to get it over to the side and it won't come out. So inevitably, inevitably I have to stop, take off my shoe, dump it out, put my shoe back on and start up again. And I've tried, each time I try, okay, maybe if I wear different socks, if I tie my shoes tighter, if I double lace, you know, what, what's, what's going to keep the rock out of my shoe? I've tried watching where I step. I look at the ground, and I look at the ground, and I start veering off to the side towards the side of Cemetery Hill, like falling off the side. So I don't look at the ground. I try to look ahead, and I look ahead, and I misplace my steps. And so it's, you have to look like this the entire time, looking up and down to make sure you're going in the right direction. The key is to keep looking ahead of you, around you, because inevitably there's going to be a car coming from behind me, usually Miss Fran, <laughs> who's going to run me off the hill. 
or there's going to be a slide. One of us is going off the hill, right? So you don't want to miss anything, so you keep looking ahead, but you don't want to get a rock in your shoes, so you have to keep looking around. And so it's this constant game of looking up and looking down and making sure you're on the right path and your feet are in the right place. Perhaps it's fitting then that, that Peter, Petros in Greek, Petra, as he's been renamed, the one whom Jesus called the rock on which he would build his temple, spends an awful lot of time talking about rocks. All right? In his letter he mentions stones or rocks. Rocks and stones. In this short passage here, Peter talks about two types of stones, a lithos and a petra, a living rock, and a stone that's a stumbling block. I didn't mean to rhyme, but it just did. Some stones cause people to stumble. Look at verse 8. A stone that makes them stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Other stones, Peter mentions, are holy and precious and beautiful. Look at verse 4. Come to him who is a living stone, though rejected by the mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. So how can a stone be both living and precious and holy and beautiful and sacred? And also a stone, that same stone, sometimes be a stumbling block that can cause people to fall. Because Peter recognizes two things in Jesus at the same time. Jesus is the cornerstone on which God builds his kingdom. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He is precious and beautiful and holy and sacred and wonderful and glorious. He's full of grace and truth and wonder. Jesus' kingdom is eternal. It shall have no end. Jesus is all these things. Yet Jesus is also the standard which is fixed by which the world is measured and judged upon. Jesus is the standard that calls us to repentance and faith that so many people reject, or as Peter says, are scandalized by. Scandalized by. Christ offers himself to be the cornerstone of our lives, the living standard of our lives. Yet so many people refuse that offer to be the cornerstone on which our life is built. Even people whom we know and love refuse that offer to be the cornerstone. Refuse that offer of God's grace. Refuse that offer of faith in Jesus Christ as our living stone. They reject Him as their cornerstone, their source of life, their hope, and their purpose. Because He's the standard. And this is why Peter's wordplay comes into account. Just as Jesus is our cornerstone and our foundation that our lives are built upon, he's also the standard to which against our lives are measured. The holiness, 
We, you and I, are also stones as well, Peter says. Living stones that God is forming into a spiritual house, a holy temple built upon one another. Our lives can be beautiful and precious and holy and sacred and things that are wonderful. And our lives can become ugly and become stumbling blocks to those around us. It can become like those rocks in people's shoes that cause people to stumble and fall through our own lives. 1 Corinthians 8, 9. Paul writes these words. But take care that this right of yours, this freedom of yours, does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. You are this, you are God's holy stone. And when your life is built upon the cornerstone of Christ, it can be a beautiful thing that calls to other people, that shines to other people. But when your life is not built upon that cornerstone. It can be a stumbling block to those around you that look to you to see what the church is like. Is it beautiful and holy and sacred? Or is it mean and ugly? Are you a living stone built upon Jesus Christ as your spiritual house? Or are you a stumbling block that keeps people away from Jesus? This is Peter's dilemma. This is what Peter is writing the people about. Is your life a life that is built upon Christ? Or is your life one that's a stumbling block to those around you? The hiking dilemma. How do you keep your focus on two things at once? How do you look up while still looking down? This is Peter's dilemma. How do you maintain focus on two things at once? It's the graduate's dilemma that we celebrate today. How do you remain mindful of each and every moment of your life, taking in the sacredness of each and every moment and enjoying the experience and and soaking it all in while also maintaining this vision of the future, this hope for what's to come. It's everyone's dilemma. How do you remain mindful of your character as you go through daily life? What is my character today? And how am I living today? While seeing the big picture of the world and what is happening around you. Peter answers this question in the final words there in verses 9 through 10. Verses 9 through 10, he says, But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a people of his own possession 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You, God chose you. Once again, Peter reiterates this. He drives it home. Once you were nobody, you were not a people. You were, you were nobody. But now you are God's people. You are beautiful. You are holy and sacred. And, and God chose you. You. Once you had no mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are God's chosen. This is the constant. That when our lives are built upon Christ, our cornerstone, the here and now and the there and then become the same. Jesus is the constant. When we let Jesus fill our lives with purpose and meaning and glory, we can live in the here and now and be sure of the what's to come. Amen.